This is the Fantasy Road Show. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. My name is Ryan. This is Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker. You can find him on Twitter at Coles underscore Sports. Mike, what's going on today? What are we doing today? What are we getting into? Wait, hold on. Are we live? We are live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live, live, live. Um, so what's going on today, man? I feel like today's going to be a great episode. What are we What are we getting into here? Today is going to be a great episode. We're speaking with Dr. Jesse Morse of the Fantasy Doctors. Um, I just think it's so interesting to talk to someone like this, and I actually never have. So I, I'm right there time, with you. Right yeah, there with first you. First time talking to a sports medicine doctor and like, just the way that I play fantasy football, I'm always just making assumptions and taking whatever the news says about um, about injuries. But I have no idea of like past injuries, how certain if injuries affect different positions or players and how they can recover. So for me, I'm this is the one area that I really just like make a lot of assumptions. So to talk to um, and establish, you know, a relationship with a sports medicine doctor who we can kind of reference and, and, you know, uh, it's really cool. So interested. I'll learn a lot. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah, definitely, man. We, I, you know, there's, there's so many, I feel, I don't know if, if it's, if it's always like this or if it's just recency bias, I feel like there's a, so much injury updates that we need to find out about. Like there's just so many uh, questions. Like I mean, it's always I, like, this I know, too. but I just feel like now that we're in the moment and like, we're really getting into this podcast, like there is so much I want to well, know about, like, well, I we have like, this resource. Well, absolutely. we've never had, we've never had this resource before. You know, we've never been in the fantasy, you know, football world to where we're, where we have access to a, you know, a resource that we can learn about this before you're, we just like, all right, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. So like Javante Williams, we've heard, you know, he won't be ramped up. Uh, it's just all assumptions is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever we hear in the media, we take as fact and just assume. So now we have resources to kind of learn a little bit more and then hear and learn from the mouth of a doctor. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, I, I, I was looking at some of the stuff he's he's working on, and it's just incredible work. So uh, I'm excited that we're bringing him to the roadies and all the the all of our listeners out there, um, really to learn some some vital information. Yeah, looking back, one question that I would have liked to ask him um, is about the Fantasy Road Show and our listeners, our roadies. If we don't buckle up, what could happen? <laughs> In a car so make sure you buckle up, baby. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We have a very special guest on today. We have the sports medicine doctor who specializes in knee, hip, and shoulder injuries. He is the creator of the fantasydoctors.com and the most extensive injury-filled draft guide on the market. We have the one and only Dr. Jesse Morse. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, good. fantastic. Um, did did you see the, the, the breaking news right before you came on? I, I told Ryan to hide Herbert, his phone. So. My, one of my yeah. favorite QBs this year. Yeah, what, wait, Herbert, what happened with Herbert? Five years, 262 mil. Ooh. Okay. 262 and a half, maybe. Yeah, I, I told Ryan, I was like, don't look at your phone. I want to tell you on air. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a big that's a big extension. That just set the bar. I think Burrow is probably going to beat it, but you know, yeah. it's semantics at that point. Yeah, yeah. What have you What have you heard about Burrow? I heard that he might be the first player that tries to do a percentage of the cap as his the way to structure his contract, which would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be Uh, cool. We haven't seen that. Maybe I take a slice of the team. That would be kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, thanks for joining us. We, uh, you know, we we connected on Twitter, and you're not kind enough to come on. I know. Um, you know, one thing that we kind of just make assumptions about our injuries, but here, uh, you know, with your background, it would be, you know, great for us, our listeners to kind of get some firsthand knowledge from a professional like yourself. So of course, uh, I think we just want to start with just a little brief history background, where you're from, um, and kind of how you, uh, ended up here in the fantasy space. Um, so yeah, sure. So, um, originally from Massachusetts, so unfortunately I'm a Patriots fan, um, which <laughs> actually goes hated nowadays. It used to be the opposite way. Um, and, um, decided about halfway through my, my residency that I really wanted to focus on sports and, and I, and I was a huge fan of, of fantasy football. I was a huge fan of, um, of the NFL in general. And, and I was like, you know what, a lot of the team, you know, a lot of this is missing uh, just analytics and, and analysis from a medical perspective. Like you had the the beat writers being like, well, uh, I think that's an elbow injury and uh, well, <laughs> he might be back in a week or maybe a month. And I'm like, and then like, these guys aren't medically trained and that's fine. And, and, and they've been significantly better. I mean, and nowadays they're asking really good questions and, and we're talking about like tight ropes and like delay people know a lot more than they used to. But I was like, this is awful. Like, you know, we should yeah. be able to translate this a lot more. And I actually joined um, a, a smaller, uh, pretty small group at the time called the Fantasy Doctors um, back in 16, I think it was. It was 16 or 17. It was one of the two. Um, and, and we were just kind of slowly ramping up. Um, and, and then and I each year I've kind of gotten a little bit bigger. We've gotten a little bit bigger. Um, and I try to cover pretty much all the major injuries. Uh, my personal practice, I see a fair share of NFL guys. Uh, I'm in Miami. So a lot of them train down here and, um, I'm doing regenerative medicine. So quote unquote stem cells. Um, I do pretty much every body part. I don't do a whole lot of back, but, um, and I'm, I'm injecting, um, pretty much whatever you want injected that's going to help and, and restabilize the tissue. So a lot of these guys are, um, a lot of these guys are, are doing this. You just don't hear about it. And sometimes you do, but, um, and there's a bunch of different options and this stuff is really strong and really potent, unfortunately a little bit expensive, but, um, and, and, and that helps me understand what these guys are going through or, and what these guys, um, are, 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 you know, what are the options? A lot of the traditional orthopedists are not trained in, in what I do and don't do what I do. So they don't really have that edge or they don't understand it. And it's not covered by insurance. So most of the guys aren't offering it because they don't have it available. So I, I have a competitive advantage in that regard. Um, I'm not a surgeon, so I don't know the, the, you know, the surgical logistics, but I understand a lot of what they do. I just can't physically do what they do. Uh, so I kind of put everything together 
Last year, I went a little extra crazy in the offseason and, and pretty much found the injury history for every single player that was relevant in fantasy, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And I think I'm up to about 450 or 460 injury histories. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking back to, you know, I have stuff from Devontae Adams's Pop Warner days. Like, we're going back. Like if, if it's yeah. relevant and if it's on the internet, that's verifiable, it's there. It's probably only 30 ish percent, but, and part of the reason I, I say that is because the, the biggest risk factor for a future injury is a past injury, right? You know, uh, and, and that's what kind of makes it relevant. And, and, and you know, so yeah. it's like, well, why did Debo Samuel have so much issues with hamstrings since he's been in the NFL? because he missed a significant amount of time in college with hamstring injuries. Um, yeah. You know, some are fluky and, and some, uh, you know, are sporadic and random. Um, but, and a lot of it correlates, you know, Todd Gurley had a significant ACL tear and they removed probably most or almost all of his meniscus. And then all of a sudden, six, seven years later, he's out of the NFL after putting up a monster season. And you're like, what the hell just, how do you go from, <laughs> that's how it happens. You know, you developed arthritis at 26 that you can't play on, you know? So I try yeah. to tie everything together, you know, to give you an idea. Well, uh, so I will say, um, f- first of all, no one's going to feel bad about, uh, sorry for you for being a Patriots fan because you guys <laughs> 20 years of dominance. You guys had- yeah, you guys had a great Yeah, we run, were blessed. So. We were definitely blessed. Yeah. So I'll take it. Also, no one is going to feel sorry for you being a doctor in Miami. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It's hot as hell here right now, but and the traffic yeah. is bananas, but but uh but yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a cool life. Yeah, so I mean, and, and then I'll say the first thing that really caught my eye, I mean, I saw you on fantasy Twitter. Um first thing that really caught my eye was that draft profile i think it was kendra miller was the exact one um yeah. and to me i just hadn't seen much like that um and was really drawn to just you know and, and then i hear you're going all the way back to uh pop warner which is just a whole different level but um i mean that's such a cool thing and you, you're right there was such a need in the space for that um so i'm glad it's working out um yeah and, there's a couple definitely... things you know dr chow has been in the game for a minute he he you know, up until a couple of years ago, he wasn't even, he didn't play fantasy. Like he just wasn't, he was an orthopedic surgeon that used to be the team doc for the San Diego Chargers when, you know, when there was San Diego Chargers. And so he was known, he knew all the players and, you know, he had all the cred. Um, and then he just kind of continued it after he was no longer the team doc. Um, and then you have some PTs who are really good and know the space, um, but they never really had anyone like me who's what we call non-surgical orthopedic or, or, or um, primary care sports is the technical name. Um, and, and, and the funny thing is each team has two of us. Like my, my mentor is the team doc for the Bucks, So like they're the ones who do all the cardiac physicals and all of the concussions. Yeah. And like that's, what, that's my specialty. The surgeons are the ones who handle the surgical stuff or, you know, we kind of do – pretty much everything else or a lot of everything else. Um, so when people are like, well, can you comment and, you know, surgeons, like, can you comment on this cardiac? They're like, yes, but no. I'm like, yes, yeah. I, I actually did additional cardiac sports cardiology training, like LeBron James's son, like 
I can comment on that because I know what I'm talking about. Whereas yeah. some other people are like, well, I can, but it's not really their niche. Um, right. So, and, and it gets complicated and then it get you have some inherent biases. And uh, so you try to leave the biases out and you have your freaks, you know, Adrian Peterson did stuff that really is really hard to replicate. Um, but on the, in general, there's certain rules that we can relatively follow. And for the most part, you're going to be pretty successful if that happens. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, very cool. Like I said earlier, like, you know, I look at fantasy football from a very just, you know, I test football level, statistical level, but injuries for me in the past have all been just assumptions, right? Like, yeah. what am I hearing? And that's where my knowledge is. So I just kind of trust, you know, what I'm hearing from your ESPN, but not yeah. from, you know, yeah, now, from the insiders. Now, now, yeah. Now seeing I have a resource, you know, and they have, know a few other doctors out there but you'll see tweets that are more like this is the timetable and this is why and this is what we've yeah. seen in the past right so that's a much yeah. more legitimate legitimate uh, information source so i'm glad to see that's you know become a part of fantasy sports fantasy football in general it, and, as, and as the season starts um and, 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 and i did a lot two years ago but i kind of ramped it really up last year for every may, I wouldn't say every injury because it's kind of hard to cover every injury. But uh, during the season, there'll be about forty to sixty players each week that are fantasy relevant, you know, and injured in some capacity. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a running spreadsheet that tracks the data daily and gives my percentages of how risky or how likely they are to play that week. Oh, wow. So you can see like Monday, like that guy's not playing, you know, I mean, I can tell you that because I know likely what he's dealing with and what the timelines are, but you can plan, you know, if you, if a Thursday game and you're like, Hey, uh, I don't know if this guy's going to be available on Sunday. I can with pretty good confidence tell you if he's going to be playing and how effective he's going to be. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a cool resource that it's, it's hard to get. Um, obviously things are fluky every once in a while when something like, you know, a, a guy gets scratched on a, on a Friday and then it changes everything. But more often than not, you, it's pretty linear from, from what we know. Um, and, and that helps people a lot because you can, uh, get a gauge on, Hey, how long is this guy uh, going to be out? Who's his backup? Yeah. Uh, who do, do I need to pick up someone from the wire? Like, and, and last year I did, I averaged probably 20 videos a week. I would say something along those lines. Um, they may be two minutes, they may be seven, 10 minutes, depend on the severity and what I was talking about. But what you can do is, Hey, this player is relevant to me. This one's relevant to me. You don't have to watch all of them. I mean, you can, but yeah, it, it just really depends. And most people don't want to pick and choose out of an hour long. Where's my 10 second snippet for what I want, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's hard because I'm, you know, obviously still seeing patients and trying to semi have a normal life <laughs> to, to, to do that. You know, so I, I try to do it Monday, Tuesdays are kind of the initial drive. And then by the end of the week, we kind of figure out what's going on. And then, and then you kind of have a either Friday night breakdown or a Sunday morning kind of here's what we're expecting. But, you know, each yeah. week, really the first six or seven are, are vital, right? I mean, after week eight, a lot of the drop off or whatever it is, um, you know, and then you start ramping up as, as a lot of people, um, things get more important. You know, the, 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 you start to get the playoff or close to the playoffs.
Now, is that yeah. is that available in your draft guide that you have updated throughout the season, or how do you um, how do you present? Yeah, all that that's a good question. So, I used to. So, there's two versions of it. I'll have one version that's basically free that just has all the names listed and, and probably their injury, uh, you know. And then on Sunday, it'll be like, are they playing? Yes or no, basically. And then behind the paywall, or, or, or you know, as part of the, the package, I will have the updated, you know. And I think the updated one is like thirty bucks for the year by itself. Like it's not like crazy. I, I want to make it reasonable, but I also need it's it's hard to make money in this space. Um, really, really hard to make money in this space. Um, and um, so, and then if you if you do like um, that plus the draft guide uh, plus like private access on discord and so on and so forth. Um, and then there's a rookie draft guide. If you want like everything, I, there's, there's another package for that. Well, that's great. Awesome. It seems like a great deal. I mean, there half the battle for me throughout the fantasy season has always been like, ah, is this guy going to play or not? And it's always a gamble. Yep. So having that sort of information on hand would, I mean, help, I know it would help me out tremendously. So. Yeah. If you're playing, if you're a serious fantasy football player, you're playing, you know, multiple leagues, money oh, yeah. involved you, you spend I mean, it obviously besides the best ball i mean um the best balls yeah. kind of changed a lot in the past couple of years right uh but yeah. those are set in forget it you don't have a choice but it, yeah. it, even if you're playing just for your buddies like rep like whatever um it, it doesn't take a whole lot for this guy to underperform and this guy to overperform but one's on your bench and one's on the lineup and you lose by a half a point or 20 points it's irrelevant you lost right yeah yeah so sometimes help, yeah. that switch doesn't take a whole lot yeah yeah and i will say for best ball i mean as you're going through drafts preseason, having that player profile knowledge of past injuries is something that is beneficial i mean just understanding the way that a Brees hall is going to come back from his knee, knee injury differently than a you know jk dobbins of last year's things the things of that nature oh, yeah. so there is value it's complicated but I, it's really complicated yeah. Yeah, but I'll say I, I definitely salute you for finding two of your passions and uh, kind of combining them and, and you know, making a life out of it. So definitely salute you for that. One thing we've done with our guests that we've done with, uh, you're our third guest so far since our, our podcast is about, I don't know, four weeks old now, but you're a third guest we've had on. And uh, one thing we're doing is, you know, so, you're, so the Patriots, this is your team. Give us a quick, very quick spark notes version of um fantasy relevance for this year that you think uh how things line up right now so um mac looked really pretty good in his rookie season i'm gonna say real good pretty good pro bowler uh, awful last year i mean i don't know what the hell they were thinking i really don't <laughs> Um, if you could hear the amount of screams at my television, you'd understand, but, um, you know, I, I, Jacoby losing, leaving is, you know, a little disappointing, but I think Juju is going to be very effective. A big slot, uh, has issues with injuries, but I think he'll play enough games to be relevant. Uh, I think Gazeki is going to be a monster. Uh, I, I really, I think they're going to target him early and often. Um, Henry will have some value behind him. I think initially people were overdrafting Ramondre because they're like, Oh, he's going to repeat it. He's if you look at the historically, the Patriots do not run a single back. They are not a single back team. Last year was fluky because of injuries and James white retiring and a bunch of other stuff. And they don't trust rookies. So this year, Ty Montgomery does kind of have a role. Um, Pierre strong will have a role. Uh, 
Um, I think Kevin Harris will have some type of role. Um, and so, I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got a veteran, really depending on how the, the rookies look. So Ramondre will get the bulk of the work, but he's not going to be a, a 300-plus you know, a touch guy. It's just, he didn't even get to 300 touches last year. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, and, and Mac is probably not relevant unless maybe a deep two QB league. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, Devante could have some love. I would not be surprised. I, I don't really like the, the YPRR and, and some of the deep data on Taekwon and maybe he can surprise. I don't even know if Boutte is going to make the roster, the rookie from LSU. Um, so, I mean, I'm not super excited about the fantasy relevance of, of the Patriots per se. Um, but I think their defense is good enough and it really could be really good um, that they'll keep them relevant. As long as they can score 18 to 25 points, I think they'll be in the game. Um, but AFC is loaded. So it's yeah, tough. That's, yeah, it's tough. One of the top divisions. One of the top divisions too, yeah. I mean, um, hell, we might even lose to the Jets this year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so I guess, uh, I guess, you know, injuries, that's what we're here to talk about. Right. Um, I saw, I do want to talk a little bit about like how much you play fantasy. I saw you were in the Scott fish bowl. One yep. thing I wanted to mention, and this will segue into our first injury. I'd like to talk about you drafted P Ryan before Javante Williams. Yep. Uh, talk about that and then kind of where Javante is and, and why yeah. you ultimately took Pirine over Javante there. And I actually took Brees Hall as my first running back, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, I um, saw that too. That was, that, wasn't, that was a live draft in Orlando. Uh, that wasn't calculated, but the way the board was going, I was it just how it was. Um, yeah. I, I got sniped on Pollard and I got sniped on somebody else. And I was like, this is – I don't, I, you know, I, I hate Najee. I, I, not Najee himself. I don't, I don't like his fantasy production. Um, so for, for Javante, besides him having a fascinating story with being a linebacker who converted into a running back, um, he had a bad ACL tear. His ACL tear was posterior lateral, very similar to JK Dobbins. JK Dobbins was, was a contact, which is rare, 20 ish percent. Uh, meaning you physically get hit, whereas most of them give out on their own. But his, uh, you know, his his whole posterolateral corner, the lateral outside part of your knee kind of just gave out, just completely. And when you tear that compartment, a lot of guys struggle with with rotation of the of the knee. That, that's a big part of that. They usually take closer to twelve months post up. Um, to trust it. And really, it's really the second year out that they finally feel better. J.K. Dobbins was probably the biggest comp. Uh, Gus Edwards was too, but he really wasn't relevant and may not be again. Um, but and, and I don't even know if J.K. is 100%, and I don't know if he'll ever be. Um, this is just a hard injury. Um, and, 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 and if you look at the deep data for Javante, he had the number one elusive rating. He is very shifty. That's hard to do on a on, on an ACL that's brand new. He's not going to trust it yet. If you, I retweeted a, a, a clip and a, a quote from Gallup yesterday. He said, "I didn't basically didn't trust my knee. The mental aspect of the ACL is really hard." Yeah, I saw that. And, and that's 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 the hard that's the part that a lot of people don't understand. That knee's not a hundred percent yet. It's better than it was six months earlier, but it's not 
100%. It has too much play. A lot of the other surrounding muscles are weak. The hamstrings are usually not ready, so that's why they strain. Uh, they're trying to protect as opposed to move. So I, I just think P. Ryan is is going to get decent work, and 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 he's a decent backup who's probably going to get 150, 200 touches, maybe more, depending on how much Javante comes back. So um, at that round, I was it was it was almost like a a zero RB kind of approach, um, yeah. and I didn't I you know I didn't tack uh, running backs early, so I kind of needed one that's going to be semi reliable and kind of what mm-hmm. i went with now yeah um real quick uh i i noticed a lot of these players going on the pup early on this uh this preseason mm-hmm. and one thing i noticed with javante is he he did he's not on the pup they chose not to put him on uh this preseason. surprising yeah so very is that, surprising is that is that a good sign that it's moving it along is. in the right uh, direction it, 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 the thing about the pup is you can pretty much put someone on it whenever they want uh it's good sign that they haven't that he didn't start on it um, but, but, you know, knowing what I know about this injury, this is a tough injury. Could he be the exception to the rule? Yes. Um, is that likely? Probably not. Um, and, and even then, like if, if, if I told you it took him six weeks to really get good and effective, would you be surprised? Probably not. Um, and, and you really need him to have 15 ish touches to probably be fantasy relevant unless you have a super deep roster. I mean, and that's why he's, his ADP is so deep, you know, best case scenario, he starts in week one and maybe has five to eight touches or something. And is you know, a flex, but am I expecting him to be a top five, top 10 running back in the first six weeks? I would be Brees, maybe a different story, but <laughs> Javante, I, I just don't think that's, realistic okay yeah i I wanted to start there because i first of all that's probably one of the biggest like question marks everyone's gonna have but i've also been pretty vocal and have been drafting p ryan a lot and since i mean since people were talking fantasy this year i've been trying to sell ryan on him on some of our teams just because i think p ryan mixon went out p ryan showed that he can kind of lead a backfield so the Broncos bringing him in made me think like they might not even want to rush Javante yeah. back if they don't have much football depth. and they're winning, they're winning games and P Ryan's, you know, a capable back, then why rush him back? There's really no need. They're looking like they're going to be, you know, in the playoff run late in the season. And that's when you want to ramp up Javante and make sure he's healthy. Yeah. He's mentally you know, it mentally there, um, as you said, from Gallup, you know, so that's just kind of my two cents there. That's what yeah. I've been standing and, behind this whole time. You know, they, they didn't bring anyone in really. Yeah. That, like, yeah. The backfield's pretty empty besides those two, uh, which kind of makes sense why Javante's you know, not on pop, but even so, I mean, I'm assuming Peyton's going to get them involved. I'm assuming, uh, I mean, Russell couldn't get much worse. Uh, he started to turn around late in the season. Um, so, you know, I, I think, I think he, uh, P round will be at, at worst a flex, but I think he, he has, uh, a, a, you know, RB two reasonable floor and then RB one weeks, depending on how yeah. it plays out and, and, and you could do much worse with where you, where you got him. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. Uh, you were talking Brees Hall. Let's just go there. I, I, we don't have to spend too much time there. I, I think we all kind of 
have been gaining confidence in him. But why don't you yeah. tell us the difference in those two injuries and why you're more confident there with Brees? So Brees is a little bit of a different breed in terms of running back. He's more similar to your your eight Saquons and, and Adrian Petersons. Um, yeah. Uh, and and you know realistically, if you look at the the deep data before Brees tore his ACL, I mean he was top five, top ten in pretty much everything you could find. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to repeat that. I have some concerns about volume. Uh, I just don't. I think Carter's going to play a role. I think Israel might play a role. Um, they're going to probably throw a ton. So I don't know if he's going to get 10, 15 touches immediately. Uh, and they probably will ramp him up kind of like they did last year. But, I mean, part of the problem with where he's ranked is that you're kind of getting him at his, his ceiling, maybe his floor, depending on how much he gets. He has top five upside, but everything has to go perfect. I mean, perfect. No injuries, massive volume. Like everything has to go perfect for Brees to finish top five, but he has the talent to do it. I mean, it's, yeah. the, 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 you know, the underlying data supports his ability to do that. And the team probably is going to be pretty good, we're assuming. Um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm sticking at where, where to put him. Is he in that? Eight to 10, 12 range. I think that's probably realistic. So, are you confident that he's going to start week one then? I, I, I believe so. I'm more confident in him starting week one, obviously, uh, say, uh, side by a uh, you know, setback in, in, in preseason, but uh, then I am more Javante. I, I think Brees has a much better chance to be effective in the first month than Javante does. Okay. Um, they both easily could start, but you know, if you look at, you know, I did a deep dive on ACLs last year and really this year, there's been 26, uh, guys, 28, nine, uh, instances, only two of them have exceeded expectations. Three, if you want to count someone that was like six points per game or something. Um, and that were both in 2011, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles, Saquon probably would have did it if he didn't have his injury. You know, Alvin just wasn't quite there. So, I mean, the first year is hard, especially yeah. in running backs. So it's like, I don't blame you if you pivot. I completely don't blame you at all. You know, he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of baked in risk right now. If he was RB20, okay, fine. But he's not. He's 10 or not 11. Wherever, you know. So that's where it gets a little risky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have him as my RB five. I, I just saw that talent from last year and I agree that he's kind of has that like Saquon. I, I just think things can't go right. And if they do, I want a piece of them. So um, I know I have him in a keeper league. That's a no brainer for me, but I've, I've gone in some best balls, Ryan as well, where we're taking him. He falls to like the third round and we're grabbing him. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, I, I prefer I, him as my RB two, my RB one. I guess is probably yeah. the way I'll, I'll say, or our flex is just stupid, but, you know, but uh, you know, I think that that would be ideal. It just, it depends on your roster construction and, and, and your settings. Right. I mean, if you're, if, if you're one, you better hope a lot of things go right. Or you're, if it's a super deep, crazy best ball or, or, or crazy like Scott fish where there's 3,200 teams and everything has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how about well, Jonathan Taylor? Saw he went on the pup. Is that mostly contract worries or is there a little bit of injury? You know, so the funny, there? funny is probably not the right word, but fascinating thing about Jonathan Taylor is he has massive volume 
despite not being in the league for a long time. He was throwing 300 plus touches seasons at Wisconsin. Like he's already top 15 in total touches from running from college and NFL, despite not being in the NFL for more than what, three years or whatever. Um, And he had never missed even a practice before the ankle injury. That's crazy. Unfortunately, he, he missed six games this year, a combination of ankle and probably a right high ankle. I don't know if we ever got confirmation. Um, and then he had uh, supposedly ankle surgery, and they, and they basically likely scoped out the lateral ankle. That gives me some pause, predominantly because he's not much of a receiver, and, and, and the rushing takes a much more of a toll than a receiver. Um, just think about how many guys are likely to hit you versus running routes and then basically getting tackled. Yeah. Um, and, 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 the, and the volume is already there. I mean, it's probably not ankle-related, but I wouldn't be surprised if they want to slow roll him and he's kind of complaining about a contract, so maybe they give in. I, I don't know how they're going to play it, but I, I still have him in my top 10, but I have some reservations because he doesn't catch the ball a whole lot, and that really drags him down. It takes it, it takes monster volume to, to overcome that. Yeah, so when you say rushing there's more you you're more worried about the rushing than receiving you're talking like getting the ball in the backfield and almost that car crash with the line getting yeah i mean you know almost always body or yeah i mean they almost always are getting the ball in the backfield and then have to cut and and run and 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 getting hit and go in between tackles it's like you know if they're receiving the ball three four you know, yards out or, or taking it, it far. I mean, they have a lot yeah. more space. It's, you know, they yeah. don't have to really create their own space per se. Obviously they do in some regard, but it, it's just the guys who receive the ball are a little less injured, you know, statistically speaking than the guys who are more runners. Um, they're all get killed. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very small amount, but um, when you look at it, you know, most of these guys have been able to stay pretty healthy. I think Derrick Henry's a little bit of a freak, but everyone else, they they all have. I mean, if you look at it, over the last two years, there's been one running back, starting running back, that's played all 34 games. Two years. I'm not talking about five. Najee, that's it. And he probably should have missed some time with that Liz Frank. Like, these guys miss games. Like, it just, it just happens. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like, can you be surprised that he misses two, three games like Connor does every year or whatever? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of Connor, what about uh, Kyler Murray? Can we expect mm-hmm. to see him back? What, what's what's his situation? Um, I know like week four is what some people are thinking as realistic, but yeah, he even in- he came out and said he's aiming for week one, but that just seems yeah, like a stretch. Well. So, so Kyler's a little bit of a freak uh, in a good way. Um, he he had a pretty bad uh, meniscal tear uh, in addition to his ACL, so he reportedly had a repair, which is what he should have had. But it does slow down the process of healing, and and, and it usually takes uh, like kind of a more of a six month before you start ramping up, as opposed to maybe three or four. Um, and it, it, he's such a genetic freak. Um, if you know much about his injury, his history from baseball, you can you kind of understand that. But um, in that regard, I would not put it past him to be ready for week one. If he's draftable and fantasy viable to the level that we're expecting is a separate discussion. But I would not be surprised. I mean, she'd be there, no. Um, 
But if you look at it, the numbers, and I broke it down in the draft guide, there's, I think, almost around 20, over 20% of his fantasy points were rushing related. He's not going to be the same rusher this year. He's just not going to have the confidence. Um, and he's going to have a little hesitation, which it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, so that's kind of a dip. You go from his impressive 19.9 points per game to 15, 16. Then yeah. he becomes Mac Jones, you know, like yeah. it's like you're paying for a name, but unless, I mean, dynasty is a little bit of a separate discussion. He may be a great by low, um, but I mean, unless you're in a, a QB two and you want to play him, you know, later in the year. Okay. I get it. But as my QB one, I mean, you better be yeah. in a 20 team league or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. My biggest worry with Kyler is that exactly what you're talking about. Like, let's say week four turns into week six and they're owing four oh and six. Like I don't, I think the Cardinals are going to be maybe the worst team in the league this year. Yeah. So what's, you know, why not kind of delay that him coming back and maybe yeah. give him some, and he's going to issue a hamstring. He's got a hamstring injury history. I mean, are they tanking yeah, for like, Caleb, you know, like that's what or, I mean. or, yeah. or Marvin, you know, like, yeah. So exactly. it's, or, or, or may, you getting. know, however you want to look at it. So it's like, it gets a little, I, I get, yes, he, he makes a lot of money. He wants to play. I get that part of it, but sometimes it doesn't really go by that. Uh, right. Sometimes there's the business part of it. So he's just a sticky situation. Um, yeah. Best ball. It's a different story. I mean, you can, or, uh, you know, at DFS, like you can pretty much play him whatever the hell you want to, but when you're drafting and, and putting in capital, when you probably could have got someone else that, that maybe could have helped you, that's when it gets a little, little tricky. Yeah, like who's to say he's not an Atlanta Falcon and they have Caleb Williams as their starter next year in, in, yeah. in Arizona. You yeah, know, like and that would know. be a scary offense in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, don't know I, I said it. Be, I want to. I mean, I Kyler's play proven he's been elite, especially with that elite yeah. O line. That would be an, that'd be a great, uh, you know, a great, yeah. you know, and they have some weapons that they can stay. Yeah, uh, I'll start playing Madden. I'll still, I'll start playing Madden again just to play with that <laughs> offense. I mean. If, they, they would be a problem. I mean, you'd probably even have uh, Corderell Patterson running some crazy stuff still. Right, right. So yeah. how about um someone we saw on the news cycle today, uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, they're saying that yeah. he is back, uh, back at practice with no restrictions. Um, uh, what's your gauge on Brock Purdy going into the season? Yeah, so, so this is a cool story, obviously, just being kind of like a Brady-esque situation. I mean, obviously way too early to say that, but in terms of just who he was and, and who he became, very, very good when he was playing. I mean, I think that wasn't much of a question. Um, I think 18 or 19 points per game, which is top 10, top 8. Um, unfortunate. Uh, elbow injury. Thankfully, it was an acute injury and not a chronic one. That would have meant he needed Tommy John versus uh, what he had. Um, he had what we call a UCL or, or ligament repair as opposed to a complete reconstruction. Um, and as a result, he can come back in six-ish months, which is basically where he's at now or a little under that. Um, and and, and the, the cool thing about this, this is not common in the NFL. It's only happened to one player. Also a, a, a 49ers backup quarterback, which is kind of weird, but um, he's now the backup for uh, Kirk Cousins. And he really hasn't been, um, you know, starter worthy again, but it shows that it worked. Um, I have really no concerns, assuming no setbacks. Um, and I'm, 
I'm not overly surprised that he's ready. Um, I, I'm curious to see his velocity, his placement, some of that stuff. Um, but he's got plenty of time to, 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 to be ready. I mean, he's got six weeks. That's forever. You know, so I, it's his job to lose, in my opinion. And, and, and he is a sneaky guy that you can draft. Um, you know, you might want to get another guy, but um, that could kind of be pretty good for what you're paying for him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so would you say, does this type of elbow injury, does that affect his throwing motion at all? Is that going to, like, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how that works. I know sometimes with shoulder injuries, you know, the throwing yeah. motion, but so I don't know about the elbows. Shoulders are much worse, uh, especially in, 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 in quarterbacks. Um, elbows are pretty rare, actually. Uh, Big Ben's was actually forearm and not elbow. Uh, we thought it was elbow, but it wasn't. It was a forearm, which looks the same, but it's not. Um, and this is just rare. This is not, you know, baseball is all elbow. I mean, the, the shoulder is important, but the elbow is the king. It's kind of the opposite um, in, in, in the NFL. The shoulder is really important in the upper back. The elbow is important, necessary, but um, you saw Josh Allen sprain the uh, UCL the second. That was the second time he did it. Um, he missed four games in his rookie season, and then he probably should have missed time last year, but he didn't. And it really didn't affect him a whole lot. Um, it's necessary, but not overly concerning. I, I, he might even be a little bit better, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's tighter and stronger, and he's probably focused on his mechanics for the past five months. So, Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how about someone I'm interested? Uh, I, I was pretty high on early on uh, this offseason, but I've kind of been taking a step back is Kadarius Toney. Uh, in Kansas City, mm. um, what's what's going on with Kadarius Tony? Should we be worried? Um, you know, he he's had kind of a lengthy injury sheet uh, in his short yep. career. So uh, you should be worried. Um, we got a little bit of confirmation today. Uh, I don't know if it's completely public, but he did not have surgery before yesterday. This off season, uh, he had one last off season. I don't know if it's the same knee. I haven't. We haven't got confirmation of that yet. Um, nonetheless, he has a meniscal tear or had a meniscal tear, which is likely what he had off last off season, which is this, this blue thing, the cushion in your knee. Think of it as kind of like a, like a piece of paper and it basically, it rips. So now you kind of have this flapping or folds over and, and, and you, you know, it's kind of stuck in between here and it causes swelling. It causes sharp stabbing pain. Um, and, and for someone who's trying to run routes, that's just not happening. Um, they're going to trim it out, which eventually is going to cause more problems, but it's going to allow him to return. And, um, you know, he's very elite when he's has the ball. I mean, he's a freaking monster when he has the ball in his hand, but he, I just don't know if he's going to get the volume enough to be more than a gadget player. Right. I think Sky Moore, maybe Rasheed Rice, we'll see can we can do are going to probably be the other two guys. I mean, we'll see if Ross can overtake MBS for that kind of position um kelsey's there i I think that's a given um you know so you know but i like the talent i just have concerns about his ability to stay healthy and you're gonna be like do i start him this week can he stay healthy is he gonna catch the ball and run for a touchdown and then get injured on the next play like that's who he is unfortunately until he proves that's not who he is and and as a result i probably don't really want anything to do with them. Very interesting. 
Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I've had quite a few shares in Sky Moore and Best Ball uh, for underdog drafts, and like seems pretty comfortable right now. Uh, I think Tony, you're going to continue to hear some injury news, and it's just going to make his ADP fall and more skyrocket. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's it's too bad for Tony. He has been a pretty amazing athlete. Uh, yeah, we've seen him make some great plays, but it just something keeps coming up. Um, I want to talk about the Eagles backfield swift and penny are two guys that like they're in a bucket of, can we trust these guys? Um, so I want, I would like to hear a doctor's opinion going into drafting one of these guys. Cause I know one of them is going to be great. I just, can we trust them? Yeah. It's a hot topic for us too. Cause I'm on the penny side. He's on the swift side. So I'm really interested to so, hear what you have to say here. Penny is if you look at Penny's explosive numbers, his yards per carry, like he is ridiculous before this injury, assuming he's still real, the same after. But this kid can't catch a break to save his life. Like he breathes the wrong way, he gets an injury. Like, uh, you know, and, and if you look at his injury history, you're like, what in the hell? <laughs> um, but I mean, he was a lead. He was a first or second round pick. He was a high pick. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, ACL was a big deal. Then he had a bad calf. And, and now last year's injury was actually big. It was a high ankle, a fracture, and um, what we call a deltoid, which is what Michael Thomas had, that same injury. Uh, so that's the part that concerns me. If you remove the deltoid, that's what Tony Pollard had. So that's kind of how big of a difference the, the, difference the two is. Um, with the offensive line of the Eagles, I don't know how long Penny's going to be able to stay relevant, but in terms of health, but he might put up 200 yard games when he's in the field. Um, Swift is a little bit of a different story. If Swift was healthy, I mean, it's like stay healthy. I mean, he's kind of what people are expecting Gibbs to be kind of ironic that they're switching places basically, but um I love – they don't throw the ball a whole lot to running backs, um, but Swift is a beast. He just also struggles with some nicky-knack injuries. He had a bad high ankle last year. He had a shoulder injury. I actually had him as my RB1 going into the season, and I thought everything was going to so work out. And, of course, like, that didn't happen, and Jamal Williams had like a million touchdowns. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's an easy answer to this. I think they'll both be relevant. I think it just depends on who stays healthier. And if you look at Penny's injury history, I don't think he's played more than uh, six games in like two or three years. Like he just, you know, he hasn't played more than 14 games ever. And that was in his rookie season. So in which he wasn't really relevant then. Uh, so yeah, it's unfortunate. And this injury from last year, this injury from last year is pretty concerning, right? Is what you're. Yeah. I mean, summary I, uh, I have concerns about it. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be enough to completely zap him, but I, the deltoid gives me concern. I'm not worried about the high ankle. It's healed. I'm not worried about the fracture. That's not a big deal. The high, the, the, the deltoid is, is, which is, if you look at the ankle, it's this inside this one, which is not commonly injured, which is why it's such a problem. Um, yeah. that's what gives me a little bit of concern. Um, we haven't heard anything about him yet, uh, which is probably a good thing, but, um, if if someone were to struggle with the, with off season and we haven't heard about it, it's it's penny because of that deltoid. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, you're a doctor. You're a busy man. I don't want to hold you too much longer, but there is one more injury that I think a lot of people are curious about because not only does it affect him, Matthew Stafford, throwing the ball, but Cooper Cup and how effective he can be this year. Uh, Stafford's getting older in age. He's an amazing quarterback. The fact he came over to the Rams and won a Super Bowl says everything yep. about him as a quarterback, but we need him to be healthy in order to perform at that level. Correct. So talk to us about him. So um, there's uh, Scott Barrett tweeted this, I think it was today or yesterday. He said there's two types of quarterbacks. There's Konami code quarterbacks and there's statues. Unfortunately, Stafford is a statue. And if you look at his injury history, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's not, it's insane. If you literally look at it, you're like, and it's like 70 spots long. It's, it's literally crazy. <laughs> um, and he went like 130 games without missing a game in between the chaos. Um, yeah. But I, in my opinion, the only reason he came back is because he was owed $120 million. So I don't blame him for coming back. Um, I'm not really worried about last year's injury. That was a, a, a spinal cord contusion, which is basically a bruise in the spinal cord, which sounds scarier than it is. But he's a statue. He does not move. And, and that's part of the concern. Um, as long as he's healthy, Cooper Cup is a top three guy. Uh, I mean, if you look, if you look at what I call the adjusted points per game, which basically means remove any game the player didn't play or he played less than 50% of the snaps, divide their total fantasy points by that number of games, and, and that's what you get. Yeah. He had 25.3 and like 23.7 or something like that, points per game. To give you an idea, last year, uh, Justin Jefferson was 21. So like he yeah. was ridiculous, like insane. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't have a reason why he can't continue that. The high ankle, he could have came back last year if Stafford was coming back. If Stafford yeah, didn't miss the year, sure. Cooper Cup should have been back on a field. They had no reason to bring him back. It was like, no. So, you know, but he could have been back. I'm not, that would, it's annoying. It's a frustrating injury. The, the high ankle repair makes it much more stable, but it's not, I'm not concerned about it now. I mean, a lot of the guys, Tua's had two of them. Jalen Hurts has had one, or actually two now. Um, I mean, uh, Thielen had one two, two years ago. Like, they're very common, um, unfortunately, and they do really well after. Uh, high ankle sprains do really well after surgery. The non-surgical ones, a little bit of a different story. Um, I, I just drafted them in the first round of uh, a draft at a 10th spot, which is kind of like a gift. Uh, oh, wow. So, you know, I mean, in a PPR, full PPR, which was, was like, huh? but I'll take it. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't really have any concerns. I hear the concerns in terms of Stafford and, and so on and so forth. But and if you're going to give me, I mean, he finished as what the, the 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 wide receiver 25 or somewhere around there, and he only played nine games. Like he <laughs> yeah. literally played half the season. Like That's Derek Henry the year before, like he played half the games, and he still no one could. They gave him 17 games, and they still couldn't compete. Like that's how crazy his season was. Uh, when you get 10, 11, 12 targets a game consistently. I mean, um, it, you know, his, some of his stats fell back a little bit, but 21 was insane. So, I, I, you know, it, yeah. it's kind of hard to, to keep with. No, the, for me, the, for me, Cup is never the worry there. It's like he's just been so great. I'll just above yeah. and beyond everything else. It's Stafford. I'm worried. And I love Stafford. I'm a huge Stafford guy. But it's yeah. like his age and his injury history, I'm a little bit worried about how he recovers. Like if something oh, – yeah 
nagging happens throughout the year. It's like he's not recovering like a you know twenty five year old. Yeah, uh, that's definitely. I mean, there's definitely concern there, and that's justifiable. If yeah. there's any reason to fade him, that's the reason. That's yeah. the only reason, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, I heard someone say something about um, this his spinal cord bruise or whatever that was. It's pretty serious to the fact where, like, if if he re-injures that or makes it gets it gets worse, like, it's I heard someone say like life threatening, like it's it's uh, very serious. Is that true? Or I mean, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room up there. Um, so yeah, you could say that. Um, I I don't. They really never commented on it after that, so I don't know if he has any structural abnormalities and so on and so forth. So, I uh, hard to tell. Probably in some capacity, but. I'll, I'll, I'll use this comparison. Chris Carson was not medically cleared to return. He had a cervical fusion, which is basically think of vertebrae and then think of you putting a metal plate in between so they so it keeps them open. It, it, from what we know, it was not as severe as that. So okay. uh, and he didn't have a surgery per se. So yes, there's always risk when a cervical injury is involved, but I don't think to the point where they're like, yeah, you're too risky to play you know, okay. for paralysis reasons or whatnot. So he's at a more increased risk compared to, you know, other players, but he's not like life threatening risk more than not maybe a couple percent more than regular people, regular. Okay. Players. All right. That makes sense. Well, Hey, Dr. Jesse, thanks for coming on. I, I learned a lot. I, th- I think Ryan did as well. Absolutely. Listeners certainly uh, hope, hope everyone, you know, goes out and checks out the fantasy doctors, I'll be checking out the player profiles, getting, uh, you know, I think that's such a great addition to kind of just have on your side when drafting throughout the season. So, um, yeah, go follow her. It's at Dr. Jesse Morse. That's correct. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm and on. At, I, I mean, at, I'm on Twitter. Twitter is my primary. I'm on Instagram, but I don't really ever use it. Uh, we do have, I'm not on TikTok, but the fantasy doctors are. So, like, all my stuff goes on there. And then YouTube, that will, I haven't ramped it up yet, but. That will start ramping up in the next couple of weeks. Um, the draft guide you can get either on on our website, thefantasydoctors.com. Uh, there's a link at the bottom that says like buy draft guide or something like that. Um, or if you want, if you play on Sleeper and you want to deposit twenty dollars and use the code uh, TFD, you'll get the draft guide for free. So oh, wow. um, you can, yeah, you can do that too. Like they have all like the the pickums games and you know all those. So that's uh, and they match. I forget what the matches, but they match too as well. So that there's the two options. And then if you want like the weekly thing, then you kind of have to do it on the website. So because I can't, I can't coordinate that with with, with sleeper. But um, and then you know, late August and until when the season starts, we're dropping videos like like crazy. Um, I hit 4.4 million views last year combined. So we wow. did pretty good. I'm hoping to hit like 10 this year. So I don't know what we'll see, but, um, but, but yeah. So if you're a TikTok, I try to make them short. If you want more analysis, then I try to do it on YouTube. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining uh, doc. And uh, we'll be talking to you throughout the season, um, watching all your stuff. So uh, much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks again, man. All right. Take care.